Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... I, I love massage as well, you know, sp- seeing a sports massage therapist. I think it matters who you see as well. It's just like yes. a hairdresser. You've got to try a few until you find the one that Absolutely. works for you and then cling on to them with dear life Absolutely. because they are gold dust. Sometimes I cling on to them for dear life when they're actually massaging me. I know, but then they, they gave you an injunction and you had to stop that. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is Running with Jake, the podcast. This is a special edition. I've just decided. I've just decided in this moment that this episode should be a special edition. Do you know why it's a special edition? Tell me why, Jake. I mean, there was no meeting to decide it was a special edition. That was a big old decision that you just made just like that. So I need to hear it because normally, obviously, you know, with big shows like this, uh, whenever there's a big decision like that made, we have to have a board meeting, there has to be cakes and stuff like that. It didn't happen. It just happened just there on the fly. No cakes, no memos. I've just plugged it out the air. I'm super excited. I'm super excited and I'm not even taking part in this event. That is in a matter of days. Da, da, da. It is indeed the London Marathon is fast approaching. I'm, I just, I get goosebumps Marathon Week, London Marathon Week especially, even if I'm not doing it. And I think this year, look, let's be honest, we're ready for it, right? Whether you're spectating, whether you're watching on the television, whether you're supporting people from the comfort of your sofa, whether you're taking part, maybe you're taking part in other marathons in the future like myself and some of my runners, the Manchester Marathon or another one around the world. We're just ready to do real real life events last year was virtual we don't want to do virtual stuff what's virtual we don't want virtual we don't want we don't want green screen marathons we want to be there man we yeah. want to be there this augmented reality i'm not for that holograms we don't need that we want real people <laughs> we need to be on the streets of london earning ourselves a medal and feeling very proud of everything that we've achieved I, i'm so charged man i'm so charged i know you're so charged so th- so this is a special this is what this is the london marathon special is that right? This is the... Did I not mention that bit, that bit? Did I just say special? No, you didn't mention... You, did, you didn't say what it was a special of, and, and then you started going on about the London Marathon like a madman. Sorry. Sorry. I got carried away there. I, sometimes that <laughs> happens. I feel a little oh, bit no. delirious. Yes, it's the London Marathon special. The And we have pulled out... Well, I... You have, have pulled, pulled out, out all, all the stops. stops. You, I, I did. You have. I did. Yeah. I did. I messaged you this morning. I said, look cancel everything mm-hmm. i've got the perfect guest on today's episode so obviously you will know pete as many of our regular listeners will joe wilkinson who's my friend she's a running coach she was first on the podcast gosh an episode many moons ago yeah she we, we, we get on great with her and you can't own her like that you say she's your friend but she's jake she's everybody's friend she joe is. wilkinson is everybody's friend is true she she's not fussy she'll she'll have anybody as a friend she'll <laughs> she add will. you to her phone book she really doesn't care to be honest she really doesn't <laughs> care but i dropped joe a message we obviously we obviously do our instagram lives every friday as well where we alternate sometimes we're on joe's instagram page sometimes we're on my instagram page so we connect and do those lives as well we've got a back on the show today i actually dropped to a message this morning I said joe look i've just woken up i well i say woken up i didn't sleep so excited marathon week you're doing london marathon we know so many people are taking to the streets come on let's fire everybody up we really want to get a guest on today's show we want to record a guest that knows a lot about London Marathon, really experienced, really passionate, really knowledgeable. Do you know of anybody? I think she may <laughs> she may for a moment consider deleting my number. She didn't. I said, look, come on, yeah. let's have you on the show, Joe. So 
awesome to catch up with her today talking all things London Marathon. Of course, look, it's not just London. There are many other marathons out there, but we want to share with you some tips, some tricks, really in those last few days, those final few days. If you're listening to this on the day of release, so we release the full length Running with Jake podcast episodes every Wednesday, then you've not got long to go now. The clock is ticking. So we want to share some things with you. Get you thinking about your race. Get you fired up. Stick around. Great episode coming up. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Joe, I feel I should apologise for sending you like a million text messages this morning, but I'm, what can I say? I'm just excited. It's marathon week. It's not even my marathon week. I've got more time doing Manchester, but it's your marathon week. So many people working towards London. Well, just forgive me, man. Come on, I'm excited. What's the problem? <laughs> I don't see the problem. I've even, for you, Joe, because you're such a good friend and guest on the show, I've, I've upgraded myself to the VIP recording suite. So normally I'm under the duvet at the moment because obviously we've got very echoey ceilings and Pete the producer does not like that. So I'm, I'm actually in the cupboard. Look, I just have to put it out there before we talk all things marathons and help all those people out there that are so excited for their upcoming 26.2 mile races. If I have to disappear off, Joe, for a short moment, it's only because I've either been hit on the head by a suitcase from the, the shelves above or I'm avoiding yet another spider because I'm convinced they're in here and I don't do spiders. But I will be back. I will be back. I will be back. Anyway, look, enough about me. Come on, let's talk marathons. Oh, God. How are people? Do we have to? How? Oh, my God, Jake, how? I can't cope. I can't cope. <laughs> well, I was about to ask you, how do you think people are going to be feeling in these final few days? But you know this very well, not only as a coach, but obviously you've got London coming up. I mean, are you, are you feeling the pre-race jitters at the moment? What's going on? with you i have always found that i oscillate wildly between sheer hysteria (laughs) and the depths of depression and i don't know if you can oscillate on a triangle that's that's one for the geeks um (laughs) i am hysterical now you you need to give me a metaphorical slap around the face because i'm really i can feel myself you know like now we're talking about it i think we need to stop talking about it that's going to make it a short podcast but Oh, God. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because, like, as a, I mean, we both know this, but as coaches, especially when we're training for a marathon, that we are also coaching runners to take part in as well. It's like that. You're in the middle, aren't you? It's a really funny place to be because you're sort of focused on, obviously, your runners and helping them and and helping them to get rid of some of the pre-race jitters or manage... Their, their jitters, their nerves, their excitement, these all these emotions we can feel. But you're going through your own as well, which is very, it's a, it's a quite a unique place to be. For those people listening to this that are, let's say, are doing London in a few days, you know, it's a really like, oh, come on, just let's get to the race now. They, they, they know that they can't really do any training at the moment. What advice have you got in terms of how to settle those nerves and get people to waste slightly less energy? Because it is draining, isn't it? I just think it's a really tricky line to tread because, like you say, you don't want to be wasting all your adrenaline now and getting overexcited. But for these big events, I will say to people that that sort of getting a bit nervous and getting a bit excited is actually part of the whole mental process towards getting yourself psyched up ready to do the race so it is a fine line you need to you need to have the excitement you need to have the buzz you need to feel you know like I say excited and anticipation um, and nervous about it but you don't want to overdo that yet I mean you don't want to overdo it on the day either but you definitely don't want to overdo it yet so I think you know just try as much as possible to 
do other things. Although I then say to people in this period, don't use all your extra time to take up new DIY projects. So when I say do other things, thank goodness these days for Netflix and box sex. Box that's <laughs> <laughs> It's too early to talk about box sex. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. You've, you've already told me before we started recording this podcast about the guy next door who's outside strimming. I think you said strimming. I, I have no idea what's going oh, on in your world I at the moment. I told you, I'm hysterical. Box <laughs> sex. Yeah, catch up with that series you always wanted to watch on Netflix or other other providers are available. <laughs> But you've got to chill out, haven't you? You've got to kind of relax a little bit. Because like you say, it's very easy to think, oh, and people are always in that taper phase. We've spoken about this before on our, on our regular Friday lives that we do on Instagram, that people want to spend that extra energy, that time that they've got, because they're not throughout the taper doing as much, or they shouldn't be as they, as they have been doing when they're in the thicker training. And they want to sort of do all the stuff, maybe go out there and do a bit of panic training. And, you know, last few days, you've just got to, you've got to be very focused, haven't you? What do you think people should be doing in terms of strategy in these final few days? Is it a good way to spend your energy thinking about, right, I've got the race coming up. Do I need to refine my targets a little bit? And if so, how how do people go about doing that? Do you know, I, I think you shouldn't, actually. I think that's the worst thing you can do. I say to people, you know, at this point, don't overthink it now. Because to be honest, nothing, you know... <laughs> She laughs because of the whole coronavirus thing. Apart from that, coming along with a sudden last minute positive test, nothing now should change between now and the London Marathon in a few days or or if you're doing your marathon and it's your final week in in a few weeks time. You know, your fitness is not going to change dramatically. Um, Your target time shouldn't change dramatically. Your race plan shouldn't really change. The only thing that maybe you might get a better idea on is the weather, but everything else you should know it by now. Um, with my runners, I always we always talk about a bit of a race plan and a race strategy two weeks before. Then we've got time to really get stuck into it, you know, debate it, argue it, all the rest of it. But by now, that should be fixed. And I think that's the best way to stay calm, actually, because if you're overthinking it, you are then, like you say, wasting that mental energy on something that, that you can't change or shouldn't change, much like, you know, the arrangements. If you haven't already, absolutely by now you need to know what train you're getting or how you're going to get there and have that nailed down. Stop debating it. Stop weighing up the pros and cons of walking versus getting the DLR or whatever it might be. Have all those arrangements sorted and then leave it. And literally, like I say, try and try and step away from it and, and focus your mind elsewhere. Every now and then, when you hear the theme tune come on the BBC, because, you know, they do like, that's the thing I think about London that perhaps is unique from other races, that there is this whole public, um, you know, everybody's kind of geared up about it. Um, so every now and then you can, you know, when I say when you can hear the theme tune, get excited, or when the 949th person asks you, are you looking forward to your marathon, then talk about it. But the rest of the time, as hard as it is, just leave it, try and step away from it. Yeah, sometimes I think as well, you know, isolating yourself can can be no bad thing, depending on who you are and the way you're wired and your personality and what you respond well to. Some people want to be around runners. They want to talk about their race. Other people actually don't. You know, they might want to come off Strava a little bit. Maybe they want to throw themselves into Strava and see what other people are doing and soak up the kind of virtual atmosphere of the upcoming marathon. So I think it, it really does depend on the individual as well and how they feel, what they respond well to. Because at the end of the day, it's their race, isn't it? It's not about other people. It's about their own aspirations and what they can achieve on the day. Do you think the approach 
is and should be different for, and I'm talking about the few days leading up to the race, which could include the race itself, Joe. Do you think the approach should be different for first-time marathoners versus the marathoner who's got a few under their belt, quite seasoned, maybe targeting a PB? Do you think the approach should be different? Are there different things to consider? I mean, I think, you know... Oh, God, it used to wind me up so much when people say to me, oh, you don't know what the marathon's like until you've done it. Oh, really? Thanks, great. It's running, isn't it? Um, And then I did one, and now I'm one of those annoying people. Um, So I think, you know, if you're a (laughs) first-timer, you are going into the unknown. Whatever you may have done in training, you know, you haven't done a a, a big event, and like you say, if you're trying to race it as well, that adds a bit of extra pressure. So I think there is that, that unknown if you've not done it before. And if you have, then obviously, hopefully, that's informed what you might want to do differently this time. Um, And so I think that will be different. But in terms of, I think it's more about what you want to get from it. So I think if your aim is to go enjoy the experience, finish the event, you know, and and have a good time, then perhaps you might want to be, you could be a bit more relaxed about it. Um, If you're actually going, you know, the time is really important to you or this, you know, something else really significant riding on the actual performance itself. So it really matters to you um, how you run. Then equally, you want to be relaxed, but you probably do need to be a bit more mindful about those other things. Like, you know, I say to people, go to bed on time all all week, eat well all week. Um, You know, like I say, really be nailed down about your plans and, and make sure you know what your plans are. So you just need to make sure that everything else is more organized and nothing's going to distract you at the last minute or or throw a kind of curveball in at the last minute because the closer you want to be running a great performance the more serious you need to take it i think yeah and and that's you know true in training obviously as well as when it comes to that final week and the execution of the race itself i suppose my my concern and sort of fear in a way for people that are running it for the first time is that they they almost miss the moment, that mm. huge euphoric feeling of, of running a marathon. You know, you go, we're all going to go through emotional highs and lows, especially if we're pushing in, in the race or it's our first one and we've never ran 26 miles, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I think it's really sad if people cross the line and then give themselves a hard time about their performance if it's their first marathon. Sure, a little bit of disappointment and, oh, I was hoping for this time and, oh, maybe next time. But actually just acknowledging themselves for running a marathon and training through adverse weather conditions, which I'm sure will have happened for many, whether that's through the summer and hay fever or whether it's winter and battling winds and snow and gosh knows what else. And I just, I hate to see that disappointment in people, you know, especially first-time runners because you, you can only chalk up experience by going and doing it you've got to start somewhere you've got to do your first one and i'm sure there's mistakes if you class them as that that you made in your first marathon or learnings that you took from it and you think bloody hell i'm not doing that again or i'm going to change my approach this time or whatever so it's marathon's a funny distance as well isn't it because most people won't run it in training like the full distance and especially first time marathoners so it's you're always going to hit that point of the unknown aren't you you're always going to get to that point in the race where you go, well, I've not been here before. How do you think somebody should prepare for that mentally? Can they prepare for that point in the race? So I, to some extent, kind of beg to differ on that. I think, and again, I think it depends on your training and, and, and the preparation that you've done. So I I do look back and think, no, I didn't really know what a marathon was going to feel like, particularly as I say, those kind of you know last few miles and how hard that would be. But I think I was well prepared for it. So, 
you know, I think I was fairly confident around what time I was going to run and, and what was going to be a good performance. So, and I think you can prepare for that a lot in training. Um, ironically, now I'm almost in some ways more nervous than I was then because I feel like I don't feel as <laughs> confident in what I can do, um, which is probably a reflection of the training that I've done as well. I think, you know, to some extent, you, you should hopefully through your training be in a position now where you have a good idea of what pace you're going to run. You should have a good idea, I hope, of what nutrition you're going to take and when. Um, and you should have a relatively good idea of what it feels like at the end of a long run, because hopefully you have done some, at least one or two longer runs um, that give you an idea. And now it's never the same as a race, but hopefully it will have given you some insight into what that experience might be. And, and even, you know, I say to people, even if you've had absolute shockers in training, well, then at least you've learned what it's like to when it goes, you know, when it when you feel terrible and, and, you know, you have hit the proverbial wall. If you've done that in training, OK, you'd rather not. But again, at least you've done it and you know what it's like. And actually, it didn't kill you, did it? <laughs> you know, you walked away and you came back and you ran again. So you can be quite well prepared. And I think you, you know, hopefully, and I'm always nervous at like this stage because, like we say, it's too late to change things. So I'm always nervous about saying, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. And then everyone's listening going, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I make things worse so apologies for that that's why I say hopefully and again you know maybe that's you know your learning thing for next time she says for next time for next time all those people listening <laughs> to this right. the first time you... marathoners saying I'm never I'm ne- this is my only one I'm never going through this again yeah okay we'll so ask you say, on Monday maybe Tuesday they say you don't they you know they're always going on about marathons like childbirth and no it's not I've done both they're very different but there are some similarities and that's definitely one of them you do come out with your baby going god why did I do that why do people have more than one um, and I think marathons in that sense are the same you cross the line and think that was horrific um, and yeah you probably for most people do find yourself thinking maybe I'll do another just in case <laughs> well I think I'm going to stick to marathon running if it's all the same with you oh, Joe. I, I think that's I would to be that's my bag <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting you say this you know because listening to you and you're saying you know with your experience of marathons and people can be well prepared and stuff like that if you cash your mind back to your first one but I will put it to you that as a GB athlete as you were running two hours 37 and you know that you are well prepared because i'm sure you put in as much work as you could and you did you had the people around you to for your to facilitate your training to make sure it was as optimum as it could be for your first marathon but the the place you're in now feeling you know you could kind of joke but there's some seriousness there like you know based on how training's gone a few little setbacks over the summer and i'm i'm not you know not as confident as as perhaps i could have been and have been previously i think there's more people in your shoes now oh yeah so joke today <laughs> than joe of old and 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 people we know that we know that runners get so caught up. I apologise to everybody. It's a horrible place to be. <laughs> but, but runners get so caught up on distance, and I don't know if you find this. Whether we coach them or we don't, just through speaking to them, that even if they run, let's say they've ran twenty-three miles in training, right? Which I think would agree is a pretty long training run for a marathon, right? So they've covered twenty-three miles. They'll still say, but it's not 26, I've not done, you know, how am I going to cover another 3.2 miles? So I still think it's such a, a psychological game that at some point in the race, not everybody, but I think the majority of runners will hit that point where they go, I just, I've not been here before, now it's unknown territory. And I, I think it's almost being prepared for that, I think. I mean, they, they say, don't they? 
whoever they are, that the race begins at 20 miles, that you just need to almost cruise, as it were, or save energy, be prepared for that kind of... And we know it's not you hit 20 and then all of a sudden it gets challenging. But do you think there's some there's something to take from that for those first-time runners? People have different mental approaches, and I, and I think, and you know yourself know, that the more you coach, the more you realise that not everybody thinks the same as you. So you always have to bear that in mind. But I think, personally, for me, what's always worked is, you know, that kind of thing around just expecting it to be horrific so when it is horrific it's not a surprise to you and you I, know, agree. I agree i you agree know, that's what i'm saying about it. if you hit the wall in training if you had an absolute shocker um and, and i speak from experience for a couple of weeks ago where i literally just kept walking because there was no way i was going to get back home otherwise um you know well it's that's experience isn't it that's what i mean so let's say if you expect it to be terrible it can only be better now i'm probably there's a whole load of psychologists that will listen to this and say well that's one strategy and there are many others um but that's certainly mine that's what's always worked for me personally is that kind of preparing for preparing for adversity um and then anything that's less is is a pleasant surprise but i think you know again we do know it is hard at the end and i think to to expect that but not be frightened of it and hopefully have you know like i say something that you can find in in you those i'm talking in cliches here <laughs> prepare for adversity it, and going. find the strength going. within <laughs> we're going to make a joe wilkinson cliche montage we're going to play it at the end of the show it's going to be we'll put some nice music we might put the london marathon backing music oh just gosh. underneath <laughs> just underneath to evoke some emotion no, I, I i agree and i think you know when you you have had those difficult moments in training all of us and you mentioned adversity there i think now is the time to just recall those difficult moments. Not the difficult sessions where they didn't go to plan and you didn't come through the other side. Maybe you did have some of those. I certainly have in my time training. I think it's focusing on the sessions where you did come through the other side and you go, well, that was bloody hard. It was hard for these reasons or I was thrown because of this or X and Y or this didn't go to plan or the weather conditions were awful. Or, you know, but I, it, you want to tell yourself a story of success. How did you overcome it? Have that in your mind because you've been there before, which is what you're saying. So when you do have those difficult moments in the race, whether that's 20 miles, 15 miles, 24 miles, 25 miles, doesn't matter. You, you can dive deep into your memory banks and you know that you've got the strength to overcome it. I do think that's really, really important actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly worried now that I'm coming across as too depressed. Um, I did warn you at the outset that that was one of What's my current mental you? states. Um, you need to watch more box sex. <laughs> I do. But I was going to say as well, but now I look back, I just have an emotional relationship with running. I always have to, and that's why I still do it. And I sometimes think to myself, why why on those 20 mile runs um, when I'm dying, why are you still doing the London Marathon? Why am I doing it? Because, do you know, the first few times I went back to London after I'd done the marathon, and was Big Ben. I was literally almost in tears at Big Ben, just remembering the whole emotion about it. Because there's that as well, you know. It is, and I, apologies to anybody that's not doing London, but we are in London week, hence I'm going to just go with it. Do you know what? There's just that being part of a collective experience that really is quite emotional. And just these thousands of strangers, I hope there will be some spectators there this year, um, just willing you on whether they know you know they probably don't know you um but just willing you on and urging you on and supporting you and i've been in the crowd as well i've, I've watched london many times and you know even as a spectator you get invested in these people in front of you and just want them to keep going that's great that's just such an amazing thing 
And I think that will help you. And I think actually that's in some ways is the bit that you can't prepare for in training because it's not very emotional. Well, not in that way <laughs> when you're running around a lonely country lane on yourself, or, you know, on your own on a cold Sunday morning. But that experience of doing something with other people and then wanting you to, to do your best is, is just amazing. It gives me goosebumps when you're saying this, Joe. You know, I've done London a few times and, and, and obviously, as we say, it's not just London. There's other great big races where the support is really thick and fast. And, and this is the one thing I love about running and you mentioned the emotional side of it it's so personal everybody's experience it's almost like music you know sometimes one song will really resonate with you and it'll take you back to a place and I think you get that with running everybody has different experiences be it good bad indifferent whether that's Berlin Manchester obviously we're talking about marathons today on the show so I think you've got to do something I think when you're signing up for these events you've got to know kind of your why what is your reason behind it and it's your reason it doesn't have to be your pal's reason or your running club reason or even your coach's reason it's got to be something you want to do and that could be to relive the experience that you had a few years ago or to soak up the atmosphere or to prove maybe you've been through a difficult time in your life and you want to prove to yourself you can make a return to marathon running you've just got to have that in your mind and i think things like that will get you through those tough times like you say it's so individual one thing i think isn't specific to to people that as in everybody can share this I think is the importance of having somewhere to go in your mind and almost a tool to overcome those difficult times. Now, we've mentioned casting your mind back on sessions where you overcame adversity. People talk about mantras, Joe, and kind of positive self-talk, be that before the race in the lead up, be that during the race, during difficult times. What, what's your thoughts on, on mantras and positive self-talk? Is it something that you've, you benefit from yourself? Is it something you use? Is it something that you know other runners use? What's your thoughts? hundred percent absolutely all the time they have always been part of my life I pick you know I I have a book in fact where I write down things um you know if I come across a quote or something or read something or somebody says something and I, I write them all down in there um and there's a few that really stay with me um some you know I write them down and perhaps forget about them until I'm flicking back through it a, a future date but others you know really kind of resonate and I think that really is individual because what resonates for me is not going to resonate for you but but when it does hang on to it because I think it's so invaluable because it is you know you've got to do the training you've got to be aerobically fit you've got to have the strength in your legs etc 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 but you've got to also there is this whole mental side of it that without which you are not going to run in the same way that you would otherwise and and you know I think that's so important but for me personally I you know there's a couple of things I always remember um meeting Paul Evans who's the most amazing man I think he came second or third in London and um, he definitely won Chicago phenomenal uh, marathon runner of some years ago and I always remember him saying oh you know telling this story about the Chicago marathon where he thought he was going to be brilliant and then when it started he, he was running terribly way behind the lead pack and then ended up winning it and he was saying you know the marathon's like a roller coaster one minute you might be absolutely flying or the next minute you might be in a big dip but then you're going to come up again and that's certainly one that has got me around all my marathons is Paul Evans the marathon's like a roller coaster when I'm feeling bad I think you know it's a roller coaster you might be feeling good when you come around the next corner because it's a long race so that's been my, one of mine in particular that I remember it's funny I can't particularly think of any others as such I know I often um because I've I previously you know obviously ran marathons competitively where it was not just the time you ran but where you finished in relation to your competitors which is a whole different kind of slant, different thing it? yeah yeah different thing. it is quite different and um 
I used to think then, and, and in all races where, not just the marathon, I used to think, well, if, if they go by me now, so be it. I'm just doing the best I can. That was kind of one. But the other one was everybody's tired. You know, everybody's tired at this point. So it's just about who can who can keep going the longest. And that used to keep me going in that kind of competitive um, side of things as well. Obviously, these days I'm, I'm less competitive. Uh, I'm still competitive, but less, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of not so much... But yeah, I think just some little things that kind of pop, some thoughts, you know, sometimes they don't even need to be fully crystallised mantras, but some thoughts that pop into your mind at those times, um, I think can really help. It's funny what works for one person versus the next. As you mentioned your mantra about the roller coaster of, of the marathon, I, I really love that. I was smiling as you were saying that. I thought, because straight away I'm thinking, well, yes, because if you've got that awareness, that hyper-awareness in those dark moments, you know it will pass. Like you say, round the next corner, I might be feeling good again. Round the next corner. And you, you have to sort of talk yourself through it. The classic for many people is when they get to you know, 20, 21 miles. Let's say they get to 20 miles. In their mind, they may think, visualise a, a classic 10K route that you do regularly, you know, every Wednesday or whatever it might be. Just take yourself away from that situation. Now, some people want to be very much in the in the moment and in the situation. I know when I've been working hard previously, I mean, th- my PB is, is, is London in the London Marathon. And I remember people saying to me, oh, did you see Cutty Sark and Big Ben? I, I mean, I barely saw anything because I was taking my away, taking myself away from the situation. Perhaps not so much Cutty Sark in those early stages, but certainly when you get, you know, Big Ben and beyond, I was elsewhere in my mind. I was using every kind of tool I had in my my arsenal to be able to get myself mentally strong to drive to the finish line. And the mantra that always worked for me, and it does vary a little bit, but in that race specifically, and I remember, well, only this morning I messaged the guys that are doing uh, marathons, so London and Manchester obviously coming up. And I I'm, I'm, I was, I sent them a few bits about kind of, you know, the race begins at 20, be prepared for those challenging moments. And then I so said, when I achieved my PB, I remember from around 15 miles, I was waiting for it to get hard because I'd done previous marathons. I knew it was going to get hard and I was, I was waiting for it and I was almost embracing it. I wanted it to arrive. So like you said earlier, it's not such a shock when it does arrive because you expect it, you're embracing it, you're welcoming it. And, and remember that that's, you chose to do this. You chose to put yourself in that situation. So we often, as you know, Joe, we speak a lot. We often talk on the show about the psychological side of training and the power of the mind. And I think that is no different, certainly for training and preparing for marathons. It just helps you extract that maximum performance. Getting a little pragmatic. So just going back, if I can, I want to pick your brains as people fired up out there, Joe, listen to this. So massage, what's your thoughts on sports massage generally? I know it's very individual, but in those you know, Wednesdays, this show is released. We're recording this on the Monday week of London. What are your thoughts on sports massage? Good thing to do? Is there a cut-off point where you think, ah, oh, you don't want to be having it at this point? Personally, I absolutely love massage. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and I don't have them now as frequently as I used to, but certainly when I was training at my hardest, every week I would have a sports massage um, with somebody that I knew very well, I trusted, and, and they knew me, which is, is really advantage of... of seeing somebody regularly um it's not the streamer next door is it <laughs> i'm just checking i'm just checking so i would say if you've never had a massage before probably now is not the time to have one i've got to be honest unless because uh, there's always a caveat unless you've got a real problem um which case it might help just loosen it off a bit but if you haven't regularly then perhaps not because you can sometimes feel a bit sluggish afterwards and a bit rubbish um 
I know personally for me, I always felt amazing after a massage and used to have to really watch it so that I didn't then go crazy the next day with these new loosened off muscles that suddenly felt alive. Uh, so, for, so for me, what I can try and say is I knew it worked and therefore I would kind of plan it for about now. But if you haven't had it regularly and you don't quite know what the reaction is, I wouldn't. But I think it is generally, definitely, I, I totally, um, I think sports massage can be a really valuable part of, of your training. Um, and I think the advantage, you know, we've got foam rollers, tennis balls, all kinds of contraptions, us runners, haven't we, for a bit of self-treatment. Um, but obviously the advantage of somebody else doing it as well, I used to find they could really get into things. But also it's quite relaxing. Um, you know, trying to foam roll your own quads is a tricky experience at the best of times uh, and not the most relaxing. Whereas if you have somebody else do it, I mean, again, I know sports massages not always considered relaxing compared to perhaps other types of massages but you know it's just that whole kind of thing about a chance to just unwind i'm going to stop talking about massage now (laughs) i'm getting carried away you're in that place aren't you you're in that place doing a bit of visualization i'm going to stop you i I think yeah i I love massage as well you know seeing a sports massage therapist i think it matters who you see as well so for example we've recently moved to winchester as many of our regular listeners know still on the lookout for uh, a massage therapist you know a good one one that works in terms of the the you can get your diaries together and all that stuff because it's a bit like hairdressers people get very attached don't they to the hairdresser I'm going to say the same thing. Yes, it's just like yes. a hairdresser. You've got to try a few until you find the one that Absolutely. works for you and then cling on to them with dear life Absolutely. because they are gold dust. Sometimes I cling on to them for dear life when they're actually massaging me. I know, but then they, got, they gave you an injunction and you had to stop that. <laughs> oh, you had to bring it up, didn't you? You had to bring it up. I think the long and the short of it, in my opinion, where massage is concerned, is if you're listening to this, just have in your mind what you're aiming to do ahead of the, the marathon is optimised performance. That's what you're looking at doing. So anything that you do needs to lead you to that and increase the chance of optimising your performance. If you have a really serious, you know, deep soft tissue massage with a sports therapist since the first time you've done it and you're doing it on the Friday before a Sunday race, the risk is probably a little bit too high. You would question or we would question whether or not you're optimising performance. So I think have that in mind. Right. The day before now, it's Saturday. Put yourself in that place, Joe. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> You're fighting around the expo, which I'm sure you didn't do oh, when no, you ran to the expo a few days early. I like to sneak in on the Thursday morning when it opens, incognito, pick up my number and leave. <laughs> Jake, you know when I was running for TV, I said to you not only. You know I used to run for TV. Um, not only had I never gone to the expo because you don't have to. But I didn't actually know where the marathon started because I never had to find my own way there. So it was a bit of a shock a few years ago. And I was like, where does this race actually start? How do I get there? She looks fast. What was she doing on her own over there? That's weird. Does she know she lost? <laughs> but no, my brilliant. attitude about the expo, I think it's brilliant. But And I think it is great. And it's really interesting, um, particularly if it's your first time, go and embrace it. But if you can go not on the Saturday, and I know that's not easy with work and stuff, walking around an expo, getting really excited is probably not the best preparation the day before a marathon. But like I say, needs must. We all live in the real world. And so... You know, if you really want to go and enjoy it and make the most of it, perhaps try and go Thursday, Friday if you can. What are your thoughts on running the day before? I wanted to ask you this. You know, some people quite like it, some people don't. 
Well, where do you sit with that? Because you've had slightly... the reason behind it is because you've had a few days off running for most people, for most regular people that are doing marathons. Because obviously you're tapering and it's the race week, you want to be fresh. So you can almost feel a bit lethargic, can't you? And a bit, oh, I've forgotten how to run. What's going on? Does it kind of wake the body up a bit? Are you for it, against it? So I think this is a bit like Brexit. <laughs> you're either in okay. the rest. <laughs> Oh, God, do I need to sit down for this? I can't. I'm in the cupboard. There's no bloody space to sit down. No, no, seriously, go with me on this. You're either in the rest or you're in the run, and nobody understands anybody in the other camp. So hands up, (laughs) I'm in rest. Don't understand the people that run. However, going back to what I said about being a coach, I've had to embrace this alternative perspective. Um, I'm trying with an open mind. Yeah, I think it's really individual, really individual. And this, you know, and, and like I say, you either are one or the other. However, if you do run, it is a shakeout. It is to loosen off the legs. And I think if you have travelled, particularly if you've had to travel a long way in a car or, you know, aeroplane, probably less so now, but, you know, that kind of thing, somewhere where you're cramped in, unable to move for a period of time, you know, it may well help you loosen off. And I know a lot of people do that and really feel the benefit from it personally i'd have always gone for a bit of a walk rather than a run but like i say it's quite individual but hopefully to stress the point i've made before hopefully you have a good idea by now whether you're a run or rest person and whatever you are stick to it so here's another thing warm up on the actual day itself now this one i find really interesting Mm. and i do always advise my runners to do a little bit of a warm-up and say to them you don't need to do a full-on aerobic you know 10-15 minute jogging warm-up that you might do because you know it is a long event but actually for me personally and as a coach I think there is a benefit more so than the actual jogging the day before to loosen off is doing a little bit of a warm-up before the marathon itself what I mean by that is is perhaps five minutes really easy jogging and some mobility exercises um or some running drills something like that just to really kind of mobilize you know get get your get your legs moving get your body moving so that you're not starting off with that I mean I'm talking from experience here that kind of stiff you know hardly able to move at the start because you want to kind of start relatively well you know like I say you you don't want to be in your absolute you know you want to be hitting your peak later on in the actual race itself but I think warm-up before the marathon is something that's really important and often I think overlooked. It goes back to what you said much earlier on in this chat Joe about get your strategy in place or your planning your timing what time are you catching the train or the tube or what time are you leaving the hotel you know all these things and also have a little think work backwards from the start time of your race as best as you can obviously there's a window for many of us how are you being held is there a chance you're going to be stood there for 10 20 minutes you know you've got to warm up pretty close to the race as well i think is is quite important don't be thought that's always been the case you know with a marathon or a big event and to be frank even if you're an elite runner you know you have to finish a warm-up about 20 minutes probably is the closest you can get to the actual race itself but that will that's a time period you know 20 to 30 minutes will still give you some benefits when you start running um so you know I, I think you know don't I always say to people don't get overly stressed about that time gap it, it 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 just is what it is that's you know that's like I say any event even the elite runners at the start because they might do their warm-up but then they ought to be honest have to line up at the start and then you have those super elite people that are introduced to the tv cameras and all this messing around that goes on so whether you're at the start or whether you're you know further down the field and you you know you're sort of in the 
you know what it's like on London, um, you're kind of onto the road and you're often standing there in the big huddle for, for like I say, you know, it can be 20 minutes. Um, that's, that's just what it is. You have to accept that. But I think, you know, again, personally, I, I, it, it seemed to me from my experience and from the one as I coach that just doing a little bit of warm up before you get into that starting crowd can benefit you so that when you do actually start running. So clothing, I, I, I can't, there's so much I want to talk to you about, Joe. Oh. I just want to spend, I just need to, to keep you for a few more minutes. Tell me about clothing on the start. So let's, let's say we get to London, right. Manchester, Berlin, wherever it's freezing cold. What do you do? Are you going to stand there in a bin liner? Do you take an old <laughs> top to throw to the side casually to give to charity? Right. What, what, what do you think? So you're Man doing up. Manchester, and let me just say, London Marathon, I absolutely love you, but your new rule around the kit bag is awful. I personally turn up, I mean, I'm renowned. Okay, I admit I might be on the skinny side and don't have much natural insulation, but I'm always cold, and I'm always wearing at least four more layers than anybody else. There's no bag drop at London, so you've got to turn up in whatever you turn up, you've either got to throw away or run with it. But nonetheless, I think I've always actually taken a top that I'm quite happy to chuck away. I think the old bin liners, yeah, you look a bit silly, but so does everybody else. Um, Do keep warm. I think there is actually something to be gained from that being in a crowd and a bit of body heat. You know, actually, it is quite warm when you're stuck in the middle there. It's why it's worth getting in early and and standing close to everybody else. Um, But yes, do keep warm. You do not want to be in a situation where you are cold before you start because that definitely is not an optimum place to be so if you can pop down your local charity shop consider it a donation to charity by buying some kits that you don't mind chucking away when you get on the start line because i think particularly if it's cold particularly if it's wet you really absolutely need to have something that keeps you warm and dry until you start running can i just wish you luck can i wish you and everybody else i'm gonna need it (laughs) I could, you were nervous then. I could tell with your... Thank you. Do you know what I say oh to people? God. Relish the challenge. That's what I'm doing. Relishing the challenge. I'm slightly, you know, anxious about the challenge. But most of all, I'm just trying to relish it. Come on. It's going to be absolutely amazing. If you're listening to this and you're thinking you'd like to know a little bit more about how we're feeling about our upcoming races, Manchester and London, and if you missed our live, which we do every Friday, don't we, Joe? Either on we your page... Do your Instagram page at runningjoe10k uh, obviously just search Ring with Jake on Instagram and you can catch up with me on there you can catch up with both of us every Friday we actually did one last Friday didn't we on our marathon goals our targets our fears our doubts our strategies if you did miss that you can catch up on that just search for it on the podcast app it's down as a quick hit so that'll hopefully fire you up ahead of your race Joe best of luck obviously I'm going to be messaging you loads on Sunday morning saying good luck go and smash it and all those things that people say look I can't let you go without asking you one final question which i actually can't believe i haven't asked you you've been on this podcast this is this is your third time now and i'm not asking you this question you're not escaping are you ready are you ready oh my god what are you gonna ask me joanne wilkinson this is running with jake the podcast this is your weekly dose of running motivation what does the word motivation mean to you do it that's what it means just go and do it We've got to. Is that your answer? Is that it? Go That's and do it. it. You're basically going to rip off a, a tagline from a famous oh, God, sports yeah, brand. You That's said it. That. Well, maybe they'll send me some free super fast shoes because I could really do with those at the weekend. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Actually, Pete, I've just realised 
this is not only a special episode just because we had Joe Wilkinson on talking about London, firing people up for marathons. It's all marathon special. This is special for another reason. Why? What's, what's the other special? I can't believe we're throwing two. This is a double special. What? 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 Well, I'm in the cupboard, aren't I? You are. I'm recording from the cupboard. So I'm not under the duvet anymore. I'm in, I'm in the cupboard. I'm, I've got, I'm mm. surrounded by coats. And mm. I've actually got... You, probably can't see this but i've got the um, the laptop the microphone i've got my headphones plugged in i'm balancing on uh, everything on some running shoe boxes obviously uh, but the running shoe boxes are actually on an old ironing board that i have as well so i've got that in here it's quite something i must admit it's, i've still got the tall ceiling going on but i think the audio is slightly better sure. because the walls are a little bit narrow here would you agree Does it, am, am, am i sounding okay you're sounding absolutely fine and you sound better than you did in the duvet uh, in the in the other room room and uh, i think the thing that's helping is you basically you're in a wardrobe aren't you and there's coats and stuff hung up so that's that's sound dampening and that's good but the thing that i don't like and the thing that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable is you've been talking about the fact that you're in the cupboard and you know you're in the cupboard and that's fine but pete would rather me under the duvet i didn't say that and it could be misunderstood i didn't say that I just want the sound to be good. It's all I want. It could be, it could be. Let's be honest, this is the podcast. We've been misunderstood before, probably most weeks, to be fair, not just by each other, but also our listeners. Well, you know, hopefully there are people out there listening to this show while I'm in what feels like the garbage compactor from Star Wars. I feel like the walls are closing in on me. I'm just, I'm waiting for RTD2 to come and save me. This is not a good place to be right now. Listen, we should take another one of your questions. This is a running show after all. It's time to take one of your questions it is indeed hashtag ask jake today's question comes from Catherine, who is currently running three times a week she wants to increase her frequency to four runs a week uh, but she wants to know the best way to do that to avoid injury a uh, great question so really what you want to think about here Catherine, is doing things very very carefully obviously you want to avoid injury uh, we know that if you increase your frequency too much too quickly then you could result in being on the injury bench so if you're going from three to four you don't necessarily have to increase uh increase it by four runs every single week so what you might start off by doing is saying right i'm just going to drop in a 30 minute run and i'm going to do that every other week give your body time to adapt to that extra stimulus that extra stress so 30 minute and just an easy run as well that fourth run that you're looking to add in i wouldn't make that a quality session meaning i wouldn't add some intensity to that session you know like hill work or some tempo running threshold or whatever it might be just keep it really easy do it every other week 30 minutes then you might increase it to 40 minutes 50 minutes and then eventually maybe when you're up to 50 60 minutes you might incorporate that fourth run every week rather than every other week stay smart and i'm sure it'll work well for you i hope that helps if you've got a question it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com that brings us to the end of our london marathon slash garbage compactor special edition episode box set <laughs> box x of You've got to stop with that. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I really do. I hope you've got to this point. You didn't just bugger off about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> we, we're still having a great time chatting. I love chatting to Pete. Love talking to you guys from the cupboard. It's ace. Listen, if you are taking part in the London Marathon this week or any other marathon in the forthcoming weeks, have an absolutely awesome time. Get planning, put together all those tips and tricks in place that Joe and I spoke about earlier. Make sure you start to think about your mantras because when the going gets tough in those final stages of a marathon, no matter what your aspirations, they will get tough. You need to rise to the challenge and smash it and just think how proud of yourself 
you're going to be. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just this show that's a marathon special. This is the one that's entitled a marathon special. But if you if this is the first show that you've heard, because we're getting new listeners all the time, which is great, if this is the first one that you've heard, uh, then just go back and listen. There's, there's, like, the last one that we did last week with Brody. That was great. That was all about the mindset before a race and all that kind of stuff. And there's a quick hits in between as well, so you'll get loads of little um, tips uh, for your marathons. And there's just been a lot of marathon content over the last few weeks as we build up to what is the marathon special that's it you should binge listen to the episodes just like netflix box sex where you want to binge and on the sofa and chill out that's what you need to be doing you need to be binge listening to the podcast look we're (laughs) out of here now i've got to get out this cupboard i'm sweating my ass off have a fantastic week whether you're running supporting washing the london marathon we will be back next week for another episode of the podcast oh and one more thing Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right.